think that often we as Christians have a view of God that he is almost like a uh, forgiveness machine in a sense. You know, God, I swore whenever you're a kid, eh, forgive God, I gossip, forgive God, I lusted, forgive Now, it's true that God can and does forgive us of all of our sins, all of our lives, and we must then prove our regret of that sin by repentance, and that is simply asking forgiveness and turning from that sin. But there is one biblical truth about forgiveness that is often overlooked. It's probably overlooked because many Christians are actually guilty of it. And what is this thing we are often guilty of? It's forgiving others. We all know that our God is a God of grace and he is a God of mercy. We all know that he is a God of forgiveness and that he calls us to forgive others just as he forgives. But there is something very important about how we are forgiven by God that Jesus tells us in our scripture for today. And today's scripture is actually found in Matthew 5 to 7, in there. What's the important of Matthew 5 to 7? Well, it contains Jesus' famous Sermon on the Mount. The 30-year-old Jesus just started his ministry at this point when he gave this sermon. He was just recently baptized by John, just started going out and telling every Jew to repent, and just called his first disciples Peter and Andrew. Next, he traveled from town to town, teaching and healing. So naturally, people wanted to see more of him, hear more of him, and get physically healed by him. And people came from all over the land to see him, and they followed him too. And then at this point, he stopped, sat down, and preached this sermon found in Matthew 5 to 7. He begins to teach on humility, anger, lust, spreading the word, divorce, etc. Basically, he was taking the Old Testament law and placing it on their hearts. And about halfway through, he tells us how we should pray, which is what we call the Lord's Prayer. And immediately following that, his very next words are this, our scripture for today. For if you forgive men when they sin against you, Your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Whoa, that's deep. That's heavy stuff. Well, there's got to be a better explanation than that. It's got to mean something else. There's got to be a way to twist that. I mean, this can't mean exactly what it says. Well, let's see exactly what Jesus is telling us about the act of forgiveness. The first word... In this sentence is the word for, F-O-R. That should then send off signal flyers in our heads that what Jesus is about to say connects with what he previously said. So, what did he say before this? Jesus is telling us how we should pray. So how does this connect to that? Basically, Jesus is giving us a reason why we should pray the way he just told us to. And there is a link between our verse today and verse 12 in the Lord's Prayer, which simply says, Forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. So verse 12 is telling us that we are to ask God to forgive us the same way we forgive others. Think about that just just for a second. 
So if I say forgiving is saying with my mouth and then acting cold towards the one that I quote-unquote forgave, then God should forgive me in the same manner. Hopefully that'll wake you up. In order to fully understand this passage, we must first make sure that we understand what, what we mean by the word forgive. So what does biblical forgiveness look like? If you want to sum it up in one word, it can be summed up simply as undeserved. Well, what does that mean? It means God expects all of us to forgive everybody, no matter what. That means we are to forgive our brother in Christ as well as our enemies. That means there should be no special treatment that all should receive this grace and mercy. It's easy to forgive our brothers and the ones we're close to because we love them. And obviously it's harder to forgive our enemies. But God commands that we forgive them all just the same. After all, God forgave his enemies. He forgave you and me who were once his enemies. So God commands simply that we do the same as he has done. Look at Acts 7, verses 59 to 60. And here we have the story of Stephen in the last moments of his life on earth getting stoned to death by angry Jews who hated Stephen simply because he loved Christ and claimed that Jesus was their long-awaited Messiah. And look at what he said concerning those who were stoning him while they were stoning him. It says, while they were stoning him, Stephen prayed. Now, what do you think he would pray? Would he say, save me, Lord? Get me out of this? Stop me from this pain? Punish them? Kill them all right now? Look at what they're doing. What did he say? He said, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then he fell on his knees and cried out, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. When he said this, he fell asleep. Obviously, then he died. Stephen forgave these people who were stoning them, stoning him, as they were stoning him. Can you imagine that? Why? Because what they were doing, they were doing it out of ignorance. They did not know the truth, as Stephen knew the truth. This is one of the best examples of what biblical forgiveness is. So does this mean God is calling us to simply be doormats, which is always getting stepped on? Too many people have the wrong perception from this teaching. For example, let's say Fred. Let's name the guy Fred. Fred is at work, and he lets the guys pick on him, push him around, take his stuff, mess up his desk when he's not looking. And Fred's reaction is, I forgive you. I don't like it, but I forgive you. Here we have Fred just getting stepped on day in and day out just because these guys know that Fred's not going to do anything, and he's going to forgive them. Some people think that to fully embrace this command, one must become like Fred, always getting stepped on and letting people do it and then forgiving them. And then the cycle just never ends. But is that really what biblical forgiveness is? Of course it isn't. We are not to be pushed around. We are God's children. We are commanded to serve and to be humble, but we are not commanded to be stepped on. Fred is called to forgive those guys even though they don't deserve it. But he should also stand up for himself 
as he forgives. But that's a very easy, light example. Let's look at a more difficult one. Imagine somebody murders your child. Does God command that we even forgive them? Yes. Let me explain them. Do they deserve forgiveness? No, they do not. They might not even regret what they have done. Can you imagine the anger that you would feel towards this person? Forgiveness probably wouldn't even be in your thought process. But I bet revenge and punishment would be. But we need to stop right there. Our role is to forgive anyone and everyone, no matter what. Does this person deserve a punishment? Yes, they do. But our role is not to be the punisher. Let's look at Romans 12, 19. <coughs> Paul says, Do not take revenge, my friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, It is mine to avenge, I will repay, says the Lord. Our role, our role is to forgive. Forgive as God forgave us and continues to forgive us. And God's role is to punish. We must know our role. We must not steal God's job away from him. We are to forgive our fellow brothers of their small offenses just as we are to forgive the murderer for their large offenses. But we can take comfort in knowing that God will deal justice. So when Jesus tells us to forgive in Matthew 6, 14 to 15, our scripture for today, he's saying that we must be like our Father and forgive everyone that's friends and enemies. And we must know our role. Remember, this is commanded. It's not a suggestion. It is commanded for our own good, the afflicted, and for their own good, the accuser. And ultimately for spreading God's kingdom. So we discussed what forgiveness is to look like, but what are we to forgive? Verse 14 says, If you forgive men when they sin against you, what are these sins? These sins are simply actions against us. They can be gossip, lying, stealing, or murder. These sins, which we are to forgive, are anything that hurts us in any way. The sin may vary in in what and how heavy they are or the, offense they, or, or the offense they carry, but our response is, to, is the same, and it's to forgive them. Before we get to the meat of, meat of the matter, I want to clear up a misinterpretation of this passage that's ever so slight, but we want to be careful here. Let's read it again and, and try to see how you might be able to twist the scripture around. For if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Did you catch it at all? It's hard to see. But just a simple misreading or misunderstanding of the scripture could tell you that we control when God forgives us. But if you do not forgive men their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. A good way of describing this misinterpretation is to imagine God watching us and saying, himself, you know, come on, Corey, come on, Corey, just, just forgive Scott, otherwise I won't be able to forgive you. You know, how stupid and foolish would that be? Nothing could be further than the truth, obviously. And no matter what we say or what we do, the creatures do not control the Creator. 
What the scripture is saying is, why should God forgive you if you won't forgive others? Okay, let's dig in now. In this passage, Jesus describes for us two options, and he also describes the outcome of each option. So let's look at option one, described in verse 14. If you do forgive people when they sin against you. So if we do forgive others, as we are called to do, the outcome is that God will forgive us our sins. Now let's stop there. You may be saying to yourself, I'm a Christian already. I thought my sins were already forgiven when I accepted Christ. You know, meaning Jesus paid the penalty for your sins. So by forgiving others, you are not becoming saved. But instead you are restoring your relationship with God. Jesus already paid the penalty for, the, for your sins. But this scripture is not referring to eternal consequences of sins or salvation. This is not what Jesus is talking about. So let's move on. Our role for forgiveness is described in the first part of this verse. And we have a choice to make. If we forgive men, it says. So it is up to us. We have a decision to make. It's either we do or we don't. There's no gray area. We do fully and honestly forgive and embrace the sinner with open arms or we don't. But if we do, God tells us what he will do. And what is that? He will forgive us. That's obviously what God wants. Why does he want to do this? Because he does it for us or he did it for us. He constantly forgives us. And he forgives us out of love. And if we forgive, we are acting like our Father, our Creator, the author of our salvation. By forgiving others, we are pouring out the love and compassion that God has put into us. So by doing this act, we not only show that we are His, but at the same time, we are, for, we are forgiving, we are giving the love that God has put into us and letting it overpour into the person, the accuser, the one who has wronged us. And it is only by the grace of God that one can honestly forgive someone who does not deserve to be forgiven. God calls, up to, calls us to be exactly like him. Colossians 3.13 says, Bear with one another and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. For as the Lord forgave you, it's just a reminder, we may bicker and fight and have issues with one another, but forgive each other because God forgave us. Be like him. Be like God. Forgive out of love, even if you don't fully understand why this sin was committed against you. And if we do, God will forgive us of our daily sins and bring us closer to him as a result. We have to remember that obviously God is not a forgiveness machine. But we have to remember the other side of sin. What does it do? It acts as a wedge between us and God. And when he forgives us, he removes that wedge. You know whenever you're having that roller coaster life and you're in a downhill slump where you keep sinning, you know, you know it. I know you've experienced it because I have, where you feel apart from God. You just keep moving a little bit further, a little bit further, a little bit further. Maybe you feel so bad you don't even want to come to church. You don't want to be part of anything. I know that feeling too. I've experienced it. And that's what sin does. But when we forgive others, God removes that wedge. 
But why will God forgive us our sins if we forgive other sins? It's because we have shown the same love and compassion and mercy that He shows us. So our act of forgiving does not merit us eternal reward. We are not to forgive with the expectation of a reward or brownie points or anything like that. Our reward for forgiving others is simply that God will forgive us in the same way. That's the reward. Let's look at option two now, verse 15. But if you do not forgive others their sins. Jesus just got done explaining what happens if we do. And now he contrasts that with the word but. He obviously just told us what he expects to do. So you now know what's going to follow with the word but, and it's not going to be good. So if we choose not to forgive, if we choose to hold grudges, if we choose to give dirty looks at Helen because three Christmases ago I told her not to bring a cake, and what did she do? She brought a cake. Or if your son was killed by a drunk driver, and you decide to go gun shopping. Verse 15 tells us what God will do if we don't forgive others. He simply will not forgive us of our sins. Now again, this is not referring to whether or not you are justified, whether you are saved, whether you are cleansed. But by not forgiving others, you are not giving evidence to yourself, to others, and even to God that you are saved. This scripture is not saying that you are losing your salvation if and when you do not forgive others. And it is not saying that you are not saved if you don't forgive others. That is not the point of this scripture, as I said before. One of the points is this. Why should God forgive you if you don't forgive others? You who go around all day holding grudges, filling your heart with hate and despising others for what they have done to you, being angry at your boss for not forgiving you the promotion that you were promised, how can you honestly have this load on your heart, not forgiving these people, then kneel down before God and expect Him to forgive you? God is saying this, if you want me to forgive you, then show that you love me by forgiving others. Don't be a hypocrite. Don't expect something from God that you are not willing to do yourself. We are not to take and take and take from God and not give to others what God has given to us. He has given us forgiveness. He has shown us forgiveness, so we have to give what we have been given. In either of the two options, whether we forgive or whether we don't, we ourselves do not deserve to be forgiven. It is not as if we can say, look God, I forgave Dave, now I deserve to be forgiven too. Obviously, how wrong is that? We don't deserve anything from God except eternal punishment. So, the fact that God is willing to forgive us of our ultimate punishment of sin is just overwhelming. Honestly, what a God we have. So in this scripture, Jesus is basically saying this, I want you to forgive others because I have forgiven you. Show that you are mine by forgiving others. And if you do, I will forgive you in the same way you have forgiven them. But if you don't forgive others, why should I forgive you? So how do we apply this to our lives? There's many points of application here. The easiest point is just 
Start doing what he says. Forgive, forgive, forgive no matter what. Don't make excuses not to forgive. That is what we are called to do and let God dish out the punishment as Romans 12, 19 says. Wholeheartedly and honestly forgive. And if you need to be reminded of what forgiveness looks like, just be reminded of what Jesus has done for us. He came down to heaven willingly, lived out 30 years of his life and then started his ministry willingly and ultimately died on a cross willingly. Why? Because he wanted you to be forgiven of the sins that you have committed. So let that be your fuel for extending out to others and let them know the reason why you are forgiving them. It's because of what Christ has done for you and has done for them. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we need your help on this. There's no doubt about that. We need you to help us to learn forgiveness. There are so many people who wrong us during the day over little things, and, and many of us have experienced larger portions of our lives, Lord, the heavier, weightier issues of our life. We have been wronged. And it's very, very hard to forgive others. Especially when we know that they deserve punishment. And many times we want to switch our role and take your job away from you. We want to be the ones who dish out punishment. So we ignore them. We give them a bad name. Maybe whenever we're younger or even older, we physically abuse them. Oh, Lord, forgive us, your creatures who are made in your image, for how we live, for how we justify the sins that we do. Lord, we call ourselves your children. Help us to be that more than just by name, but help us to be your children because we mimic you in every way, and especially in this way. How are we to spread your love if we're holding in anger and holding in malice? Enable us, Lord, to forgive and help us to be reminded of the ultimate sacrifice that you, Lord Jesus, have done for us. You, Lord, willingly came down and died on a cross for us. Help that be the fuel to the fire that we need as a reminder of what forgiveness is. And help us, Lord, to wholeheartedly know our role. And our role is to forgive. And your role is to do what you want with that individual afterwards. Help us, Lord, to be filled with love and may our cup overflow, Lord, the way your cup does with us, with love. In Jesus' name, amen.
solid rock of our faith, the solid rock of Jesus. Uh, this is one of the older hymns you'll find in the book, but uh, certainly one that will take us through the week. Please join in singing Rock. So as we go out this week, let's just be like Christ and just be a forgiveness. Let's just forgive others the way Christ has forgiven us. Heavenly Father, empower us to do so. Empower us to be filled with your love and your glory. May it just overflow, Lord. And may we leave room for your wrath and let your will be done. In Jesus' name, amen. And don't forget to pick up a contract on your way out and look out over it. <laughs>